Praise, praise the Lord. Kathy put a couple of scriptures on our website when she mentioned I would turn 70 years. I'm a septuagenarian. But Isaiah 40 and 31, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Then, Doug, you and I can take heart in this in Psalm 103, verse 5, Who satisfy thy mouth with good things, so your youth is renewed like the eagle. I tell you what, I feel like, David, I could run through a troop and leap over a wall. We can stay productive for the Lord. Amen? Psalm 91, 16, With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. I've been saying this for the last 10 years. Whatever time I have left, I want to make the most of it for Jesus. I believe the Lord's return is near at hand. We know that he's closer to returning now than he was two years ago when I was here. Amen? No matter what your view of eschatology might be. Now, I believe he's coming for the church, and then seven years later he's coming back with the church. I've got good friends. They believe we're going through three and a half years of the tribulation period. Some people believe we're going through all seven years of the tribulation period, but... I want to take the first train leaving the station. When he toots, I'm ready to scoot. First Thessalonians 4.16, The Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with a voice of the archangel, with a trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Pastor Greg, there was a pastor one time that told me that he actually heard a pastor make this comment when he read that scripture because he thought God was talking about his church because they were all dead in Christ. But you can't say that about Freedom Word Church. You're not dead in Christ. You're alive in Christ. He's coming back. Hebrews 9, 28, For them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. How many folk here this morning are looking for the coming of the Lord? If you haven't been, you should be. If you have, then continue to. He will come back. But he's not coming back for a defeated church, a weak church. He's coming back for a strong church, a glorious church. Psalm 16 and 12, through God, we shall do valiantly, for it is he who shall tread down our enemies. Isaiah 54, 17, no weapon formed against thee shall prosper. Every tongue that shall rise against it, judgment, thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. Ephesians 5.26 says that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word that he might present to himself a glorious church not having spot or wrinkle or blemish but that it should be holy. Hallelujah. That's the church Christ is coming back for. In fact, the Lord himself said in Matthew 16.18 Upon this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. You would turn to Hebrews chapter 8. It's great to be back at Freedom Word Church. Kathy and I love your pastor and his wife, Greg and Glenn and Mayhorn. I don't know of any two more consecrated servants of the Lord, anointed couple in the Lord. Amen. Come on. You've encouraged me and you've blessed me down through the years. Both of you have. Proverbs 27, 17. Iron sharpens iron. A man will sharpen the countenance of his friend. I mean, when you find a good friend, you need to hold on to him. Come on. Amen. 
And there is a friend, Proverbs 18, 24, that sticketh closer than a brother. That's talking about Jesus, but I tell you what, I thank God for my earthly friends. And it's an honor to be here today. It's an honor to preach the gospel. I told you before, I was a drug addict becoming an alcoholic when I met the Lord March 23rd, 1975, and he delivered me instantaneously. I don't believe I'd lived another five years. I asked God about it about a year after I got saved. How come I lived to the place where I could become a Christian? Because I thought back to some of the guys I ran around with. Some died in car wrecks, being inebriated. Some died in barroom fights and drug overdoses. One friend of my brother and myself married a girl over in Wyoming County. And his father-in-law and mother-in-law lived right across the road from where they lived. He had a mild disagreement with his father-in-law. It wasn't over a big issue. And his father-in-law went over to his house, got his pistol, walked up behind Gary, put the pistol to his skull, and blew his brains out. But I'm going to tell you what God showed me. He took me back to my childhood. We gathered around the Thanksgiving table, the Christmas dinner table. And I remember as a young boy, the family would talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly, most bad and the ugly, the moonshiners and women chasers and the cussers and the fighters. But there was one name that came up in conversation that changed the atmosphere of the room. When my Aunt Janie Heiss, she lived in McDowell County, West Virginia, when her name came up, I remember, everybody got quiet. I remember Mom telling me going over to visit Aunt Janie, they'd walk up that long set of steps, and they could hear her praying. And she said back then, I didn't know what she was talking about. She even knew a foreign language. She prayed in some foreign language. We didn't know she knew a foreign language. She prayed for her parents, my great-grandparents, her brothers and sisters, my grandparents, their children, and their children, she prayed for me. Now, she died before I was ever born, but I'll be able to thank her when I get to heaven. We need to stand in the gap, Brother Harlan, Naomi, and you all have, and make up the hedge. Ezekiel twenty two thirty. I sought for a man among them that should make up the heads and stand the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy. But I found them. Therefore have I poured out mine indignation upon them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. Their own way have I recompensed upon their heads, saith the Lord God. Why? There was no intercessor at the time. Christ said in Matthew 5, 13, We are the salt of the earth. Verse 14, We're the light of the world. What are you trying to say, Brother Manuel, Pastor Mayhorn? Pass the salt and turn on the light. Hey, listen, before we get into the word, I need to get this off my chest and make an open admission now that I'm 70 years old. Now, this happened way back, Jeremy, way back when I was a young person. I have to confess. I was trapped in a woman's body. For nine months until my mother gave birth. And every one of you men here today, you watch it through live stream, Facebook, or whatever, at one time, you were trapped in a woman's body, and you need to thank God for it, or you and I wouldn't be walking here today. <laughs> I, I've done that a few times since May, and I've had some pastors, I could look over and see them squirming, <laughs> wondering, what's he going to talk about? I just told you the truth. But Hebrews 8, 6 says, we have a better covenant established upon better promises. I want to talk about the covenant that you and I have ratified by the blood of Jesus. And then I want to talk about some personal experiences of salvation and healing that I've seen take place. And then I want to close by encouraging you and me to do more to reach people with the gospel. This good news needs to be known near and far. Christ said in Matthew 24, 14, this gospel of the kingdom 
shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. When will the end come? When the gospel is preached to the ends of the earth. Psalm 280 said, Ask of me, I'll give thee the heathen for thine inheritance, and the most part of the earth for thy possession. Now the word better means greater than, more than, or superior to. There was nothing wrong with the old covenant. The problem was the weakness of human flesh. In fact, the law was given to reveal that you and I were sinners in need of a Savior. That's the purpose of the law. John 1, 17, the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Now, just something funny came to me. You know, many years ago, Pastor Greg is a young preacher. I was envious of older preachers that had stories to tell to tie into their messages to illustrate points in their sermon. I didn't have any stories to tell. God never answered me about that. 30 years later, I'm down south preaching. I think in South Carolina, I related something that happened to me to make a point in my message. And down in my heart, the Lord said, Now, son, you've got some stories to tell. Amen. We have a better covenant established upon better promises. Under the old covenant, the law was instituted. And man could not live up to requirements of the law because we all sinned, Romans 3.23, and came short of the glory of God. Romans 3.20 says, Therefore, by the deeds of the law shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge or the awareness of sin. You can look in the mirror, and actually this happened to me, so I have a story to tell. When I was a school teacher many years ago, I left teaching in October of 1986. I've been traveling full-time now for 36 years. But this one Monday morning, Kathy went to the factory. I'm going to the school. But the night before, we had a 100-watt light bulb in our bathroom. It blew out. And she only had a 25-watt light bulb, and she screwed it in. And so I went to the school, and walking down the hallway, I noticed all these young people looking at me, and they were smiling from ear to ear. Walked through the secretary's office, Avonel Spencer, Margaret Gresham. They're both in heaven now, and they're smiling. I go into the principal's office. And there are the coaches and the principal. Principal, he always backed me up because his wife was saved at the church I pastored, the DU Community Church, back in 1979. So if he didn't back me up, he would have to sleep on the couch and eat a cold meal. So he didn't want to do that, and he backed the evangelist up. I was called to the office several times as a public school teacher by irate parents who had been lied to by their sons and daughters saying that I did things I didn't do. Hallelujah. But anyway... The principal's smiling. The coaches are smiling. Nobody told me anything until about 10.50 to the first break. I'm down to the coach's office. By the way, I take my Bible down to the coach's office. I talk about Jesus, and I talk about sports. Three of those guys are in ministry right now. But I walked in the bathroom, turned on the light. They had a 100-watt light bulb, and I looked at them and went, ah! Alfalfa was sticking straight up in the air. There was some dried oatmeal on the right side of my mustache. Hey, you haven't heard the worst of it. Dry drool on the left side of my chin. Preacher, how can you went to school looking that way? I didn't have enough illumination. That's what the Word of God does. It's like a mirror. If you look in the mirror, the mirror's not going to tamp your hair down. It's not going to wipe the oatmeal off your mustache, wipe the drool off of your chin. It just lets you know you need help. And that's what the law does. 
Christ said in Matthew 5, 17, Think not that I am come to destroy the law of the prophets. I am not come to destroy but to fulfill. For verily I say unto thee, Till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall no wise pass from all to all be fulfilled. The good news is Jesus fulfilled all the requirements of the Old Testament law. He was a perfect sacrifice. Had he sinned but one time, he would have been disqualified to be our Savior. There was no sin in him. 2 Corinthians 5, 21, For he, talking about God the Father, hath made him, referring to God the Son, to be made sin for us, who knew no sin. 1 Peter 2, 22 says, Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. 1 John 3, 5 said, In him is no sin. Even Judas Iscariot, who betrayed the Son of God, said in Matthew 27, 4, I have betrayed Innocent blood. Pilate said, I find no fault in him. Luke 13, 4 and also verse 14. I find no fault in him. Jesus walked in perfection before God and man. Luke 2, 52, he increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Therefore, he could die for you and I and redeem us from the power of sin. Paul said in Romans 5, 19, For by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. Now get this. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. I'll tell you, I've had even preachers look at me telling me, You know what, Brother Mike, when I get to heaven, I'm going to give an Adam a what for? I said, Why are you waiting until you get to heaven? Why don't you go home and look in the mirror and you'll see the culprit? You and I are only a product of our parents. They are their parents. They are their parents. All the way back to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. Romans 5, 12, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. And by the way, ladies, it was Adam's fault that sin got into this world. For too long, women have carried the onus of the fall, the burden for the fall. When actually, Adam allowed his wife to converse with the devil. Genesis 3, 6 says, And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, Pleasure to the eyes, a tree desired to make one wise. She took of the fruit thereof, did he, and gave to her husband with her. So that dispels this idea that Eve ran across the garden. Hey, Adam, hey, this is really good. Won't you take a bite of it? No, he was sitting there watching his wife being deceived by the First Timothy 2.14 says, Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. And guess who God came to first after the sin occurred? He came to Adam. See, there are two aspects of sin. The sin of commission, 1 John 3, 4. Uh, sin is a transgressional law. And then the sin of omission, James 4, 17. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Adam did not exercise the authority God gave him. So that's why God first held Adam accountable. You know what Adam said? Well, the woman you gave me. He's trying to blame God for his plight. He's trying to tell God, you know, you got me in this mess. And that's the way a lot of folk are today. And you'll never find redemption as long as you're blaming somebody else for your situation. We all have to realize that we are where we are today because of choices we made in days gone by. And if you don't like where you are today, guess what? You have the power to change that. Jesus has purchased our redemption. Thank God he's alive now. He could change your life. Well, preacher, I've messed things up. You know what? Jesus specializes in miracles. I was down in Florida several years ago doing a creation seminar, and I actually preached on Sunday morning, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. They advertised we're going to have 
uh, a creation evolution seminar, and they advertised it this way, and I wanted them to do that. This will not be a church service. We're not going to have singing. We're not going to have testifying. We're going to be talking about academic matters with profound spiritual implications. See, we've got to be able to get the people in to hear the truth. And so the pastor, Pastor Mark, he, he had me to come up, said Mike Manuel's going to come up and begin to talk about creation and evolution. And I probably each night talk for 40 minutes or so, and then people could ask questions. Let me tell you, there's some great questions. And there were secular people that came out, and there were secular people that got saved. Let me tell you about this great conversion. There was a young lady. She was, okay, she was 27 at the time when she graduated from Orange Park High School right south of Jacksonville at the age of 18. She was one of the valedictorians. That is a large school. She went to college, to Jacksonville State. After two semesters, she renounced faith in Jesus Christ and the Bible. I will tell you, saints of God, it's very important that we communicate to young people that the true, legitimate, bona fide science substantiates God in creation and refutes the theory of evolution. Oh, they're going to know the move of the Spirit. They need to know the move of the Spirit, but we need to know why we believe what we believe. Let me tell you what. There are evangelists for the devil in colleges, and their mission is to de-Christianize young people. 1 Peter 3.15, Sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. Be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh a reason of the hope that's in you with meekness and fear. We need all of it, the move of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, but people need to know why there is a God scientifically. I can tell you this right now. If you ever talk to an atheist, uh, there's no way out. I've been cussed out, but I sort of enjoy it when I get cussed out. That means evidently it's reaching them. They say Albert Einstein was the smartest man that ever walked the earth. I think Solomon might have something to say about that. But be that as it may, Albert Einstein said the worst mistake he ever made in his scientific career was that he believed in the steady state theory. Everything was fixed in time and space. We now know that's not the case. That's been totally discredited. How do you know that? Because the universe is expanding in all directions. Now they say these cosmologists who at one time, they all believed in the steady state theory. Now they abandon that. They say a subatomic atom under intense heat and energy exploded. Cosmic inflation kicked in. Everything came into existence. Now, if you can believe that. Now, when I'm outside of West Virginia in Flatland, if I'm at Missouri or somewhere, you know what I'll tell people? If you can believe that, I've got property in southern West Virginia I'd like to sell you, and I promise you it's not in hill country. So there was an initiating event. Now they're in a dilemma, talking about the naturalists and the evolutionists, because there's a law of causation. For every cause is an effect, no effect without a cause, and no effect is ever greater than its cause. Something had to cause a big bang. And evidently, Whatever caused the Big Bang has to be self-existent because some have tried to argue, well, this caused this. I said, wait a minute. You don't have a starting point. They have to admit there's something that's uncaused, self-existent. Deuteronomy 32, 40, he said, I lift up my hand to heaven and say, I live forever. Psalm 92, from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. There never was a time God wasn't, and there never will be a time that God won't be. Okay, now here's, here's the next point. Then they're going to have to believe whatever this self-existent, uncaused, first cause, prime mover is, it has to be intelligent. Why? Because the universe has order, design, sequence, and symmetry to it. That doesn't come out of randomness and chaos. That comes out of arrangement, which speaks to purpose, which speaks to will, which speaks to intellect, which speaks to being in the word they hate to use, which speaks to God. This young lady... Rejected the Bible, rejected Jesus, 
flunked out of college. Let me tell you, she had an IQ of over 160. That's a genius level IQ if you don't know it. And then she started drinking, taking drugs, living on the street. Her aunt that went to the church there went to her several months beforehand and said, Look, uh, I'd like for you to come over uh, to one of these creation events this preacher from West Virginia is going to be teaching. She said, oh, I don't believe in that fairy tale. And she cussed and Annie, I don't believe in that. If you want to believe in that blankety stuff, go ahead and believe it. But she prayed for her and went out of her way to help her. She couldn't talk to her mother, which was her sister, because she would just cuss her out and say, get out here. I don't want to hear about God. But this girl came. I didn't know she came. She came on Sunday morning. Now, Sunday morning, I'm preaching. She asked her not to come Sunday morning to come to the one of the nights. So I, I would pre- actually preached it. I'm not knowing anything's going on. Sunday night, after I taught and we had uh, questions, we invited professors to come. We actually tried to get somebody to debate, but we really had one guy we thought from uh, Jacksonville State that might debate, but then he decided not to. But anyway, on that Monday night, then I said, well, is there anything we need to do before we close? And we'll close down, and we'll be here tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. And this beautiful young lady, red hair, long red hair, she stood up and ran to the front of the church crying, crying. And said, oh, my God, I've been deceived. I know what you say is true, and the devil deceived me, and I turned my back on Jesus, and I messed my life up. I said, that's all right, young lady. Jesus specializes in putting lives back together. Glory to God. That's the power of the gospel. Now she's involved in youth ministry. Come on, saints of God. The law reveals our sin, but Jesus purchased our redemption. The perfect Lamb of God. 1 Peter 1.18, for as much as you know that you are not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold by your vain conversation from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without spot and without blemish. Jesus' blood was pure blood, precious blood, and holy blood. Hebrews 9.22, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. Hebrews 9.14, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. The blood of Jesus Christ was pure, precious, and holy, and he shed his blood for you and me. He paid the price of our salvation. I mentioned Moses brought the law, and Jesus brought grace and truth. The last three cars we purchased we got from uh, the Moses dealership over in Nitro St. Albans, West Virginia. Well, when I got that 2008 Crown Victoria, later that summer, I drove out to uh, the Austin, Texas area. I was preaching in Taylor, Texas, Bastrop, Texas, a few other places. But anyway, I was preaching in Taylor, Texas, and Pastor Jeff Ripple pulled me aside. I said, hey, Mike. He said, there's a lady, and Barbara Paschke is the treasurer there, and said, Barbara said, this lady was looking at your car and wanted to know if you went back under the law. I said, What? Want to know if you went back under the law? Well, why would she think that? Because she saw Moses on your car but didn't see anything about Jesus. If she'd have read underneath Moses, underneath the Ford store. <laughs> and I said, Jeff, now you and I both know our covenant is an outgrowth of the Abrahamic covenant ratified by the blood of Jesus. Galatians 3.29, if you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. And Jeff said, you know what, I'll just... I'll just from the pulpit make comment on that. I said, Jeff, can she take a joke? He said, well, I said, you might embarrass her in front of the congregation. Uh, you and I just talked to her one-on-one. I said, well, okay, we did, and she laughed. But, you know, sometimes you don't know. If you don't know somebody and, and you point out, you, you could really embarrass them. 
But she thought because I had Moses on my car, I went back under the law. But the grace of Jesus Christ, the blood of the Lamb, cleanses you and I from all sin. Only the blood of Jesus can do that. Only Christ rose back from the dead. That's what differentiates Christianity from religion. Religions have rules and regulations, do's and don'ts. We have a living Savior. He rose back from the dead. And the evidence of that, the greatest evidence of the reality of God is a changed life. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are become new. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Well, you just don't know what I've done. I don't have to know what you've done. Let me say this. If you have confessed Jesus as your Lord and Savior, God has forgotten about your sins. Really, preacher, Jeremiah 31, 34, I'll forgive their iniquity and remember their sin no more. Psalm 103, 12, as far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Isaiah 43, 25, I, even I, am he that blotted out thy transgressions for mine own sake and will not remember thy sins. And I love this one, Micah 7, 19, he will turn again, he will have compassion upon us, and he will cast all of our sins into the depths of the sea. And the good news is, God's out front posting a no fishing sign. <laughs> he doesn't want you and I to dredge up the sins, failures, and mistakes of the past. It's the devil that tries to remind you what you used to be. You know why? He wants to neutralize your faith. Revelation 12, 10 calls the devil the accuser of the brethren. He accuses you and I before God day and night. But 1 John 2, 1 says we've got an advocate. He said, my little children, these things write unto you that you sin all you want to. I think some people misread it that way. That you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. That word advocate means a lawyer. My Aunt Ruby used to love to watch Perry Mason. And she told me about one episode where Perry Mason lost a case. I haven't seen it. But I'm sure that she told me that he did. Well, let me tell you, Jesus has never lost a case. 1 Timothy 2, 5, there's one God, one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Acts 4, 12, neither is there salvation in any other. For there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Isaiah 43, 11, I and I am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. Billy Graham's favorite scripture. It wasn't his favorite scripture. It is Billy Graham's favorite scripture. Billy Graham's not here, but Billy Graham's alive in heaven. Billy Graham said, you're going to hear one day that I've died. And that, that he said, don't believe that. I'll be more alive than I've ever been. But his favorite scripture is John 14, 6. I am the way, the truth, the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. Two plus two is always four. It's not nine, 12, 15, or 36. We're under a better covenant. We have not just a covering for sin. If all we had was a covering for sin, we wouldn't have anything better, Pastor Greg, than what they had under the Old Testament. Hebrews 9, 12, Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained, that word obtained is a past tense word, the suffix is ed. The suffix will tell you what part of speech is, a prefix is a modifier, and the root word is the basic meaning of the word. When it says he's obtained, he's already done it. Some people pray, oh, God, will you do? What? And you're asking God to do something he's already done? Just, just read what the Bible says and believe what the Bible says. He's already done it. He's obtained it. And guess what? It's as much for you as it is for me or anybody else. Romans 2.11 says God's no respecter of persons. 
Come on, black, white, yellow, brown, tall, short, skinny, fat, educated, uneducated, rich or poor. God loves you as much as he loves anybody else. And there's nobody else God loves any more than he loves you. We have cleansing from sin. We get a brand new nature. You know, under the Old Testament, the Holy Ghost would come upon people to anoint them to do things. Now he's with us. He's in us now. In John 14, 16, I'll pray the Father. He'll give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot see, neither receiveth him because he knoweth him not, but you know him. He dwells with you. Now get this, and shall be in you. How do you know Jesus rose from the dead? Well, I'll tell you this. He changed me. How, how are you going to change a drug addict becoming an alcoholic like that? Billions of dollars are spent in drug rehab programs. I remember watching the expanded version of Nightline many years ago when Ted Koppel hosted Nightline, and they had all these representatives of drug rehab programs, and they had David Wilkerson on the program. And Ted Koppel had the information there. Back then, didn't have iPads, but he, he had it on a notebook, and he was going down the line. And then when he got to Dave Wilkerson, he was just shocked because none of these other agencies had more than an 8 or 9% uh, recovery rate. But David Wilkerson's recovery rate was like 88%. And so Ted Koppel asked him, to what do you attribute the success to your rehab program? So he said, it's the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. When he said the name of Jesus Christ, they all tried to drown him out. Here's the answer, but they didn't want to hear it. Look, people don't have to hear what I have to say. They don't have to listen to me. But if people want to, I'm going to preach the gospel. Amen. Oh, but it might hurt my feet. Listen, you don't have freedom. If you have to watch everybody's sensibilities. Come on. And then we're going to have to. Every, let me tell you a court case that was one that speaks to a good thing about the future. There was a teacher suspended from teaching because he would not call a boy or girl. Now, he was willing to call a student whatever name the student wanted to be called by. Naomi, Penelope, Abigail, or whatever. They suspended him from his teaching position. It went to trial. The teacher won a $440,000 lawsuit. And here's what the judge said. He said that he was willing to call the student by whatever name the student wanted to be called by, but he wasn't required to change his view of biology to accommodate the student's view of biology. Can you give me five on that, Doug? Come on, give me five, man. That's the whole thing about it. What if I said, after service, we're going outside, these things growing out of the ground that we used to call trees, they're going to be called rocks. And these round, hard things on the ground, let's call them trees. You know what you do? Hey, who do you think you are, buddy? I'm not being flippant about this because I know people have emotional problems and, and, and problems and they're thinking and thinking. But listen, reality is reality. Amen. Chromosomes only, biologically, there are only two sexes. XX female, XY male. And look, you, you think, just because you, you think you want to be something doesn't mean you can be what you think you want to be. Be what God called you to be. You know, Pastor Greg, would you just hold this for me a minute now? I want to fly. <laughs> Once again, I'm illustrating the point. I'm not trying to be lighthearted or flippant about it. But why can't I fly? I don't have wings. I'm not a bird. I thought I was Superman when I was a boy. I, I, this is in this much newsletter. And I tried to impress uh, my little girlfriend that I was Superman. I Listen, I wanted to be like Superman. You know what? I wanted to help people. He was always helping people. And I had a Superman outfit on. 
And I jumped off the neighbor's porch. I hit my head on the awning. I broke my arm. It's hanging down the right angle. Mom takes me down to Guy Valley Hospital, calls my dad, my two sisters. My two sisters arrive at the hospital. They said, how's Mikey? How's Mike? Oh, your brother's doing fine, but when we gave him a shot, your mother passed. I can even remember now, man. I looked over, and here's my mom with a big needle, and she went. I really wanted to be Superman, but I didn't have superpowers. But I'm going to tell you what we can be. We can be better than being like Superman, be like Jesus. Ephesians 5 1, be therefore fathers of God as dear children. Romans 8 29, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. 1 John 2 6, he that saith he abideth in him, ought himself also so to walk, even as he walked. Christ said in John 20 and 21, as my father sent me, I'm sending you. We're to go out in the highways and byways and compel them to come in. It's a truth, John 8, 32, it's going to set people free. It's a truth. And we need to speak the truth in love, Ephesians 4, 15. Not in a haughty, arrogant, I know it all way. You know what, I, I used to go to the jails quite a bit and preach to those men behind bars. I'll tell you one thing, they knew if you were a phony or not. Some people were going up there, say they go back to church, well, I went on jail visitation. You know, so they could tell everybody what they did. And they, and they knew they could pick that up. Man, they They'd give them a rough way to go. But if you were up there, they could tell if you really cared about it. And I had some, some conversions that took place there, some tremendous conversions that took place there. And it was Jesus that saved them. Now, a lot of times they want me to adjudicate their case and go be a character. Which I said, look, I'm not here to decide guilt or innocence. If you say you didn't do it, that's when you and God. I'm here to let you know, though you're behind bars, you can be free. John 8, 36, if the Son shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. Paul said in Galatians 5, 1, stand fast, therefore, the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. This is called freedom word church. Paul asked the church to pray in 2 Thessalonians 3, 1, that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified, even as it is with you. 2 Corinthians 3, 17, now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Liberty. People are looking for what you all have. They're looking for it. And guess what? We're to be the representatives to take it to them. I'm going to give you a great testimony of healing. About 13 to 14 years ago, Kathy was diagnosed with lupus. We didn't tell anybody about it. Dr. James Stallings diagnosed her. I actually taught him in school at Chapmanville High School many years ago. It tells you how old I am. But anyway, about four or five years later, he went to become a resident physician at Boone Memorial Hospital in Madison over in Boone County, West Virginia. It borders Logan County. Kathy and I joined hands and prayed that lupus would not be able to stay in her body. And she's having these symptoms, these symptoms. Well, Kathy still became her doctor. And she ran tests, and the condition had worsened. We're still believing God. Look, sometimes you have to just hold on to the promise of God. 1 Timothy 6, 12 says, fight the good fight of faith. How many know sometimes a fight might go to the 11th or the 12th round? They used to go 15 rounds. Come on. Psalm 30 and 5, weep and endure tonight, but what comes in the morning? Joy comes in the morning. Galatians 6 9, don't be weary and well-doing for in due season, not dear season. In due season, you'll reap if you faint not. That's a condition. Hebrews 10, 35, cast not away therefore your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. You have need of patience. After you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Hebrews 10, 23, let us hold fast. The profession of faith, nothing wavering, for he is faithful that promised. God's going to hold to his end of the Bible. How many knows that God's going to keep his word? Psalm 89, 34, my covenant will I not break, nor alter the thing that's gone out of my lips. 
In Jeremiah 1.12, God committed Jeremiah. I said, Jeremiah, you will see. I'll hasten to perform my word. Numbers 23, 19, God's not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said it, shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken it, shall he not make it good? Isaiah 48, the grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. 1 Peter 1, 25, but the word of the Lord endureth forever. Matthew 24, 35, Christ said, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Psalm 119, 89, forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Now our neighbor's daughter, our neighbor, it was the he's the best doctor I've ever known. And it's a Christian family, great Christian family. Darby was intern of the year in the fall of 2018 at Cabell Huntington Hospital in connection with Marshall University. And when she looked at Kathy's charts, she was alarmed. She put Kathy through a whole lot of these tests. And there were times Kathy would start walking, she'd be walking to the left and walk into things, experience vertigo. And different things were happening. We just kept believing God. And then she called the house, wanted to know if, if I was home. So I was over to Minister Guest South. Cassie, Kathy paged me. I picked up the phone. She started going through the test results. I'm thinking, well, this sounds good to me. This is sound. And then she said she took the test results to her father, and they went up for a couple of days. And, and then she was about, she was, her voice was crackling. She like a niece to us. And she said, Mike, Kathy, you need to know, both of you, Kathy does not have lupus. Look it up in a medical dictionary. Google lupus. Once you have lupus, you can never be rid of it. But Psalm 103.3 says, Who forgives all of our iniquities and heals all of our diseases. All. Does that mean all? It means all. Matthew 4.23, He went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel kingdom, and healing all. All manner of sickness and disease among the people. This is what the Bible says. Matthew 14, 36. As men touch his garment, were made perfectly whole. Stay in faith. Confess the word of God. Listen, we've got this wonderful cup. Prosperity belongs to us. David said in Psalm 37, 25, I have been young, and not now old, but I've not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Psalm 35, 27, let them shout for joy and be glad that fame my righteous cause. Let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified who takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. We don't have, listen, we need to cast our cares on the Lord, 1 Peter 5, 7. We ought to be able to get a good night's rest. It's like the lady during World War II, uh, over in London, England, the air raid uh, sirens would sound, and everybody would go to the air raid shelters. And that lady had went for months, and all of a sudden they hadn't seen her for a long time. They thought, well, she's probably being killed. And this fella saw her and said, hey, ma'am, 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 uh, you've not been at the air raid shelters. What's been going on? What's been going on? She said, well, I was reading the Bible. Psalm 121.4, I think it is. He that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. And I decided since God's going to be up all night, I'd get a good night's rest. How do you think that Daniel got a good night's rest and the king went back and forth all night long, all night long? And the king, he, he knew the Spirit of God was on Daniel, but men had tricked him into putting Daniel in the lion's den. He went down and said, Oh, Daniel, is a God you serve able to live your soul king live forever my god sent an angel into this den of hungry lions and shut up their mouths he said come on out now the king's angry at the men that lied about daniel 
I can just see the angel of the Lord going in before Daniel's putting the lines in, talking to the lines. Hey, little kittens, um, you all go on a one-day fast. We've got a good meal coming your way. And we'll tell you something. What people design to do to hurt you will turn back on their own head. Nehemiah 13, 2, he'll take a curse turn to a blessing. What they devised to do to you. Haman hanged on his own gallows, by the way. So anyway, I can just see the angels going back in saying, Now listen, God's going to fulfill his promise. He just wants to know, do you want that meal supersized? <laughs> now, here's another thing. Don't think what you do only affects you. It'll affect your family and those you care about. Because all the families were put on. Well, that's not fair. Let me tell you. You either to the good or the bad will have influence over your family and those you care about. I've talked to men. Well, you know, I want my son, I want my daughter to go to church. I want my wife to take him to church. I said, well, you're doing about the worst thing you can do because you're setting a poor example. You want to send them to church. They need to see Christ in you. I've actually had some men to give their heart to the Lord using that way of presenting the gospel. Well, I want them to go to church, but do you want to be like, no, I don't want them to be like me. I said, they're going to follow the example you're setting. I'm, I'm excited about what's going on in the church. And I believe we're going to make inroads into enemy territory like never before. And we're not going to go over in a corner and see the world's saying, do that thing over in that corner. Then after a while, they're not going to give you a corner to do it in. You keep conceding and seeding uh, situations, and you keep backing up and backing up. and back. See, a lot of people say, well, I don't want to touch on those issues. Is it in the Bible? If it's in the Bible, I'm going to preach it. Amen. 2 Timothy 4, 2, preach the Word. Be it's an in-season and out-of-season. And some people think, well, if I stay away, it's going to come down then after what they're going to say. You watch and see. Psychologists are going to say, it's, and they're only going to direct against Christians. You're causing people to have nightmares and psychological problems because they think the only way they can go to heaven is they go through the way you want them to, through Jesus. Well, I guess I won't say anything about that anymore. You have nothing else to say. Now, listen, non-essential matters, we shouldn't make any issues over that. But what the Bible says, Romans 3, 4, let God be true with every man alive. Let me tell you, the Bible is accurate scientifically, historically, in every statement that it makes. In every statement that it makes about the nature of man. Genesis 2, 7. Why are you talking about this? It might, might help bolster your faith. In God formed man of the dust of the ground. There are 14 elements in the soil. Those same 14 elements constitute the human body. Evolution is a fallacy and should be laughed at. What good's a mouth without an esophagus, without a stomach, and without a colon? Evolution says things happen gradually, incrementally, over a long period of time. A bird can't fly on 2% of a wing. 2% of a wing would slow the creature down, make it easy to pray for predators. In the so-called transitional phases, they could not, species could not survive. And why would a mouth form on an organism if it was making it without a mouth? And where would the food go until the esophagus, stomach, and colon were intact? Amen. We don't see evolution today. And even the evolutionists and paleontologists, they're baffled. They can't find connector transitional forms in the fossil record, and there's no ongoing evolution. You know what some are saying now? Well, we reached the epitome of what man can be, and evolution taking a pause. How convenient. It's taken a pause. It never happened. Oh, there's been change, adaptation. No new appendages appearing, only modification of existing structures. But you look around, and you'll see there's no transition between one species and another. Amen. God made man in his image and likeness. You have eternal worth and value to God. See, the, the naturalists will say, well, you know, you're just, just here and that's it. And there's nothing when you die. You, you believe that, you're going to be in big time trouble. 
You don't believe in purpose? Go into an art gallery, see a painting on the wall, and try to tell somebody there's not such a thing as a painter. Go to New York City, look at the skyscrapers, and say there's not a construction company. Hebrews 3, 4, every house is built by some man. He that built all things is God. There's more complexity to the human body than any computer that man has designed. And yet it all happened. Even these evolutionists can't figure out. They say, well, it's hard to even imagine how eyesight could come back. When I went to Marshall University, early 1970s, of course, I'm on dope and everything else. I don't care what they're talking about. They said a fish without eyes swam out into the sunlight, sits and membranes began to form on the front lobe of the fish's head. How come some eyes didn't form back here? I wonder. Just a fortunate thing. Here's the thing about it. If I'm a fish and I don't have eyes and I swim out into the sunlight and my head hurts, guess where I'm staying away from? I'm staying under the rocks. And how would a sense of membrane know that the next thing had to happen and the next thing had to happen and the next thing had to happen? I mean, hundreds of thousands of cofactors would have to happen before you would have eyes and there's no functionality to eyesight until it's all in place. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, Genesis 1.1. We're made in the image and likeness of God. And when you find Jesus, say, I wonder how those people at Freedom Word Church are happy. Because we know God. He's real. I tell you what's a turnoff if people don't get excited about the Lord. Can you imagine the publisher clean house sweepstake van pulling up in front of people's homes? And when Ed McMahon was alive, or you know, the dictators get out of the van, they ring the doorbell, the occupant opens the door. You've just won the $15 million publisher clean house sweepstake. Oh, thank you. I've seen him go, woo, woo. I've watched him fall on the floor. And not one time, Pastor Greg, maybe somebody here's, I never, when I looked at these guys announcing that, I didn't see them look down like this. No, they just won 15 million. I know Jesus. I am going to heaven. I'm having the time of my life here on the earth. I get to tell people about the Lord. You can't get, oh, you get excited about a ball game, but don't do that in church. I'd be ashamed if I was more excited about my favorite sports team than I was Jesus Christ. <laughs> Remember when David danced before the Lord, 2 Samuel 6, 14, with all of his might? His wife approached him, you know what? You brought disdain upon me. You've embarrassed me acting like that in the public. It didn't say he was dancing before the people. As far as David was concerned, he was dancing before the Lord with all of his might. But I'll tell you what David said. He said, I tended my father's sheep. And he said, I made merry before my God. I'll yet make merry. What he, what he was saying was, you ain't seen anything yet. Come on, saints of God. I mean, people want to go to where there's something going on. <laughs> John 6, 2 says, the multitudes followed Christ because they saw the miracles which he did on them that were diseased. You've got testimonies of healing coming out of this place. It's going around the world. Bringing hope to people. Support missions work around the world. These are exciting days to be alive in Jesus. I want to just simply close on this. Let's, let's tell people about it. Well, you know, if they want to come to church, they can see our sign and we got a nice place. Jesus told us go out in the highways and byways, compel them to come in. He didn't say build a church, put up a sign, come all your sinners into the house of God. He told us to go to them. Just look for, be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. There's time to talk, time not to talk. Be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, but be intentional about Jesus. Waiting. Sometimes I've heard people make statements, and I would just uh, share something, and all of a sudden, like I, where'd you get that? I said, from the Bible. Come on. 
God will give us a word, Isaiah 50 and 4, to speak in season. Let's just all, let's, let's take this out. What's going on in here, what you're receiving from God, this better covenant, let's tell other people about it. To the ends of the earth, near and far, <laughs> let's go! You know, that's you know, a rally. Let's go get them. Come on, saints of God. I mean, people get excited about their favorite sports team. We ought to make those fans look like a sad sack. And some people, instead of being like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, are like sad sack, bad back, and back to bed, I go. <laughs> Psalm 144, 15, happy is the people whose God is the Lord. Hallelujah. I believe the power of God's here. I believe the power of God was here when the service started. I like to, I love to worship God. I got here early, and the, and the singers were singing. I wanted to come in here, and, and, and Brother Doug and I got to talk, but I wanted to come in here. You know what? I love to sing. I, I don't have a good singing voice, but I love to dance and sing. Come on. I tell you, you get your work at it, it'll keep you healthy. Come on. Come on. Oh, that, listen, there's some people now. at home. They're doing aerobics, and they're working up a sweat, and they go to church. <laughs> you can praise him, Psalm 149.3, in the dance. Uh, that's the Old Testament. Luke 15, 25 says, when the elder son came in in the afternoon, here are music and dancing. Clap your hands, all you people. Shout to God with a voice of triumph, Psalm 47. Listen, we can be animated in our worship. And it's not just an well, we're emotional beings. We don't live by emotion, we live by faith. But we are emotional beings. So get, you know, just stay involved, man. Keep it going. Keep it going. Keep it going. Let me ask while I'm looking over the congregation. There might be somebody watching. This may be by delay or this could be live. But if you're here at Freedom Word Church in this congregational setting, if you're here, Pastor Mayhorn, Brother Manuel, I'm not sure that I know that Jesus you all been singing about, talking about, teaching and preaching about. Let me ask if you're here this morning, not sure that your heart's where it needs to be with God, I want you to do something. I want the church to be in an attitude of prayer. This is a praying church. They have time sets. You know, there's some churches... I go into, they don't, they don't have a, a day where they come and pray. That's, you know, Lord, get, get it together when we get there. You know what? We need to have, let all things be done decently and in order. And it's decent to dance and shout. And that's in order. <laughs> Some people misunderstood that. But it's good to know what you're going to do. And to have the spontaneity if God wants to change it up during the service, hey, that's up to him. But let me ask, if there's anybody here today while the church is praying, if you're not sure that you know Jesus, that you have a vital relationship with the Lord, without delay, linger, or hesitation, lift your hand up. Anybody here today? Anyone here today? Looking over the congregation. Anybody here today? If there's a doubt, you, God bless you. Young man, come on down here. Anybody else? You know what he raised his hand? Here's what he didn't look around and see. Is anybody else going to raise their hand? He, praise God. Anybody else? I just want to wait a moment or two. Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody Now, if you're watching through live stream or seeing this by even delay, you can do the same thing. What's him? He wants to know the Lord. John 6, 37, Jesus said, If you come to me, I'll not cast you away. Romans 10, 13, If we call on the name of the Lord, we shall be saved. Listen, we all came through the same door. John 10, 9, He said, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. So I want to ask you to pray. But would you all pray with me as this young man and I pray together? Would you pray this prayer with me from your heart? Just say, Dear God in heaven, I come to you now. Lord, I know I'm a sinner, and I need forgiveness. I believe in Jesus. I believe he is the Son of God. I believe he died on the cross, 
and rose back from the dead. Lord Jesus, that's an act of my will. I ask you into my life. Wash away my sin by your precious blood. I thank you, Lord. You never lie. You told me if I would come to you, you would not cast me away. You told me if I would call on your name, I would be saved. Dear God in heaven, I've came to you. I called on your name. And since you never lie, I know I'm saved. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 Praise, praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. You know what I noticed? He wouldn't look around and say, well, somebody raise their hand. No, he didn't. You know, Pastor Greg, years ago, I asked, I asked the Lord about things, and we should ask the Lord about things. And I noticed in my travels, this is probably maybe 15 years into full-time ministry. God, how come when I give an altar call or ask for people to come for prayer, those that come up front fast, they receive. But those that linger and come down, Lord, they hardly ever receive. And you know what he told me? He said, those who are quick to respond, number one, they know they have a need. And number two, they believe I'll do something about it. And either the other people, it's not that important, or they don't know if God will do anything about it. Well, maybe I'll just try that. Come on. You don't try to swim. You're the swimmer. You don't. Come on. I'm going to try to breathe. No, you breathe. It's all Jesus. It's all Jesus. If you prayed that prayer with this young man, I'm sure there's going to be a telephone number or an email or a website where you could contact the church here, and this is where you need to come to church. Well, I live too far away. I'll tell you what they'll do. I'll guarantee you this. They'll find you a church preaching the Word of God where you live, and they'll get you in a church there. We need, we need fellow believers. I thank God for Facebook and Internet ministries and television. That's supplemental. Nothing I will ever replace a live congregational church service. Being together. I mean, it can help, but it can't replace it. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Just magnify the Lord. Magnify the Lord. If you're under attack in your body, I'm going to share what I'm going to share. With, no, this, this will, God just brought this to my mind. There's a lady down in South Carolina. She's up probably in her 80s now. For many years, her and probably eight or ten people from their church, anywhere I would preach in that area, if I was over in Wahala or um, uh, any of those places, Greenville or Seneca, um, they, she would come with those people on off nights. I got a call, I think it was in February 2021, or no, it might have been even before COVID outbreak. And she called me, and she just... A, a happy person, loves the Lord, and she was just diagnosed with um, stomach cancer. The cancer had metastasized and got outside the stomach wall, and she said that they were treating it. They could treat it. That means they couldn't cure it, but they could treat it. And I told her, I said, Ruth, here's what I want you to do. I want you to get a CD of healing scriptures, and I want you to mark healing scriptures in your Bible, and I gave her some. And I said, now I want you to pick out 12 of your favorite healing scriptures, and you, I want you to say them, and say it loud enough you can hear it three times a day, every day. She went back to her oncologist, I think it was 10 days later. He ran a test on her, and he said, 
you have to come back tomorrow. We have to do uh, more tests. Well, she was feeling great. She thought, well, what they're going to tell me is it's so far gone. They're just going to give me the pain medicine, and then that's going to be it. No, that's not. He should have told her what he didn't find. And she went through tests the next day from like 9 o'clock to 2 o'clock. Finally got to see him at 4 o'clock. He folded his arms and said, Ruth, I, I just couldn't believe what I saw yesterday. She said, what was I didn't see anything. And, and it was outside the stomach wall. And he said, and we ran all these other tests. Let me tell you her response, what she told me. And she was already a sower. She said, Brother Mike, whatever time the Lord's given me left, I want to win souls to Jesus. The Lord doesn't heal people to go into the depths of sin. We ought to be like the one leper in Luke 17, 15. In verse 14, he said, Go show yourself to the priest. And all ten were cleansed. But one turned back, verse 15, with a loud voice glorified God. He was made whole. That means if a finger or a toe had been eaten off by leprosy, guess what? The finger and toe was restored back. You need to be grateful, thankful to God for what he's done for us. Hallelujah. Now, if you need healing in your body, lift your hand up. If you're here in the car, stand up. Now, I want you all to stand up. Stand up. Pastor Greg, I've been seeing more miracles take place here the last probably 18 months. And Jesus gets all the praise and the glory. I'm speaking healing right now into my brothers and sisters' bodies. The healing power of Jesus Christ goes into your body now and it will drive out sickness, disease, and infirmity and a Effectual healing will take place in your body. It has to go in the name of Jesus. I want you to receive that right now. Right now. Now Job 22, 28 says, Thou shalt decree a thing, it shall be established unto thee. I want you to say with me, we're going to say this, it's a short sentence, but let's say it from the heart and keep on saying it. Say, by his stripes, I am healed. It's that simple. You know what I find? The simpler, the simpler we keep matters, the easier it is to receive from God. God can't lie. Jesus took lashes upon his back for our healing. And by his stripes, we are healed. I'm not going to take time to tell you what I was healed of a back problem manifest in 1998 told that within two years I would be able to turn my head to the right and within four years I would touch the ground and I'd have to be on pain medicine the rest of my life that at that time at the age of 46 back then I had the back of a 75 year old man progressing rapidly I went through 17 months of pain because I declined to take pain medicine and it hurt I had constant pain, either high-level, low-level pain. High-level pain, there's no sleep. Low-level pain, I might collect three or four hours of sleep. I'd be in all kinds of positions trying to get my back to stop hurting. Kathy and I were in Bastrop, Texas in September of 1999, 17 months later. I drove in pain. We already preached for Brother Bennett up in Taylor, Texas. We preached for Mike and Debbie Vega down in Bastrop, Texas. At the Pine Tree Loop Inn, I went out to get the paper. I'm walking across that parking lot, and I stopped, and I something wasn't it just it was eerie almost like Rod Serling's twilight zone what's going on here I'm looking around it took me about a minute and a half to realize first time in 17 months there was no pain in my back 
I ran around the parking lot. Kathy looked out the second floor window and saw me running. I came up the stairs. I said, what is it? I said, I have no pain in my back. I have no pain in my back now in this 2022. 24 years ago, in four years, I wouldn't be able to touch the ground. I wouldn't be able to turn my neck because of calcification. Well, listen, God's no respect to person, Romans 2.11. He loves you as much as he loves me. And if you watching through live stream or seeing this by delay, you claim the healing. Jesus took those lashes for your healing too. That he, if he did it, that means healing is yours. And he did it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you need a financial breakthrough, realize he's Jehovah Jireh. Not. He's El Shaddai, not El Cheapo. There's El Cheapo gas station going down Highway 95 toward Florida. A few of them. I saw that you're El Cheapo. He's El Shaddai. What do I do? Claim the promise of abundance. Claim it. Man, we got the better covenant. It's all because of Jesus. All because of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's magnify the Lord. We love him. Why? Because he first loved us. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I tell you, Pastor, <laughs> the church here is, is growing, but it's, I believe it's almost ready to explode with growth. Go this way, go that way, and have more room for people to come in. You, let me tell you something. You keep preaching the teaching the Word of God. I know some churches from years gone by, one in Opelousas, Louisiana, a little storefront church, all-black church, started preaching there, loved Brother Richard and his wife. They just kept preaching and preaching. They went to the church building and grew up to about 150, 180 people. Now they're in a huge facility. The man didn't even graduate from high school, but he graduated from the School of Neology, Prayer and the Word. They have a Christian school, grades 1 through 12. They have a gymnasium. They have three or four offices. Anytime I pass through there, I can just stay in one of their offices. And I think they really heard from God because they have a, some pool tables. <laughs> I'll tell your pastor. He can tell you later about it. They had this guy they wanted. Brother Richard said, I, I think Brother Mike can, can beat him. He was the best pool shot there in, in the church and everything. So we shot about 10 games, and I think I won seven. So he, he enjoyed having the evangelist to come in. <laughs> blessed be the name of the Lord. But you know why the church has been blessed like that? He kept preaching the Bible. He kept preaching the word, healing, salvation, prosperity. You know, and people in that town, bankers said, well, my gosh, how's all this happening? That guy didn't even graduate from high school. Acts 4.13. Now, this man graduated from high school. And I'll tell you what, he could teach college. But Acts 4.13 says they took knowledge of Peter and John. They were ignorant. They were unlearned. But guess what? They had been with Jesus. Brother Shard, he's, he's an intelligent man. I heard him preach. We preach a camp meeting together in New Iberia. He preached on the spirit of the Gadites. I can remember that this day. Well, stand to your feet. Come on. Praise God. Listen, we love and appreciate you all. And I like to say it this way. We'll see you the next time. I've been saying it for years. Here, there, or in the air.
Praise the Lord.